Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Guardian. With Iraqi special forces just 50 meters away, Islamic State fighters decided to blow the Al-Nuri Mosque. The venue of the first public announcement of the terror group's so-called caliphate reduced to rubble. Its famous minaret gone, another ancient religious monument destroyed. From the very start, this has been a hard, hard battle. Throughout, innocent civilians have suffered more than any. Across the city, those that could have struggled to find escape routes from the fighting on the ground and the aerial bombardments above. But in the old city itself, they're in a truly desperate situation. Nobody knows how many are still inside, murdered by IS if they try to leave or caught up in the battles. I'm still suffering from this. If I would go back now to that moment, I would decide not to witness these things. It's beyond imagination. It's something that you remain with you like for years. It's just horrible. Omar is a historian who was working at the University of Mosul the day that ISIS came into his workplace and told him and his colleagues to choose between staying and teaching a very different syllabus, the syllabus of the caliphate, or losing their jobs. Either way, they would live under the rule of ISIS. Omar chose to leave the job he once loved, and that same day he became a blogger, an anonymous blogger who went by the name Mosul I. When I leave my house, the only question I have, and many other people, is will I survive? This is Small Changes, a podcast about how sometimes the seemingly smallest change can have the biggest impact. This week, we talked to a man who, through courage and determination, documented what was really happening in his beloved city, despite being under constant fear of ISIS retaliation. I'm Lucy Lamble. By the age of 30, Omar Mohammed had known and lived nothing but cycles of conflict. Then, in 2014, the city of Mosul, his city, was occupied by ISIS. Mosul is, is one of the oldest cities in, in Iraq. It's a city of two sides, the east and the west. Uh, the city is the center of Nineveh province and it's the main urban center of that region. Omar was born in 1986 at the height of the Iran-Iraq war. 
what I remember like in the 90s I would say that we were hiding in a basement with many other families I mean I see it just as an image we were hiding from some bombings in the 90s we were waiting for something we don't know what is it uh, I still remember like old women talking uh, many other families many other children were there something similar happened in 2014 actually reminded me of what I saw in the 90s in that basement so I saw the children who were with me in that basement growing up and now we are also hiding like after after years even before ISIS occupied the city Omar recounts how difficult it was to live in Mosul either you see a bump car you see a corpse in the street dead body fightings between police and ISIS. When I leave my house, the only question I have and many other people is, will I survive? Despite living through waves of war and occupation, Omar was able to earn an education. An education that he says gave him a false sense of hope. I still remember my father taking me to the school for my first day. I was a good student. I had imagination from that time. I was asking many questions to the extent that my teacher, when I, like, she told me, Omar, you are asking many questions. You are not allowed to ask questions now. Once you become an adult, you will be allowed to ask questions. When I reached like that age, I, I remember I thought of rewards and I found like asking questions and the questions can kill. This is not the life that I was waiting for. I was growing, I was counting the years to become an adult to freely ask questions. Around the time that Omar was leaving school, Saddam Hussein had been captured and was awaiting trial for crimes against the Iraqi people. In 2006, he was executed by hanging. Eight years later, and ISIS formally arrived in the city, and Omar decided to take on the identity of Mosul I. He started off by collecting propaganda leaflets and various pieces of information he was hearing on the streets, and then posting what he could stand up on a WordPress blog. Eventually, the project expanded, and he was posting messages as Mosul I on Twitter and Facebook too. I felt alone, I didn't uh, have people working with me. When I see people reading, it means my word is being reached by them or my, my words are being uh, heard. So this helped me to make my word reach more people. Of course, the use of more platforms increased Omar's risk of being caught. One of the hardest elements of being Mosulai was being anonymous to everyone. The difficulty was, is how can you gain trust? while you are anonymous. And this was the main difficulty for me, as well as like being anonymous inside my house with my family. They also started like saying, Omar, why you are not interested in this? Uh, at the same time, I, I thought like, I would keep going with this identity. I say like, I have nothing to do with this. While at the same time, I was doing Mosul eye. For Omar, the risk was worth it to get his message and the message of the people of Mosul across and to counter ISIS propaganda. I was writing against uh, the narrative of ISIS. I was protecting the history of my city. I was writing for the history for the future. 
After the break, we'll hear more about how Omar managed to survive under the guise of Mo Salai for three years, and how he almost sacrificed it all, including his own life, after succumbing to the pressure he was under. I, I felt free from everything, free from the responsibility, to be honest, free from the fear. I fear nothing. I am ready. They can't come to kill me now. More on that after the break. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Last year, The Guardian tracked all the deaths of young people due to knife crime and explored the themes that emerged in an award-winning series called Beyond the Blade. Why are they carrying a knife in an area where they know people, but they feel that they have to acquit themselves from other people? We saw many people suffering, but we also saw many fighting back. We've got to start looking at how we talk and how we generalise and how we categorise just ordinary people that are poorer than other people or people who don't have as much as other people. For this new series, journalists from The Guardian travel to Bristol, Birmingham and Croydon in South London to listen to some of those people. Society tends to look down at young people once they've made a wrong choice and what we're saying by that is that we're writing them off. And rather than report on their conversations, we let them speak for themselves. When I come out of jail, I'd never been praised before I'd turned my life around. And when I come out and got praised for the work that I was doing, I thrived. That gap needs to be built up a, a bit sooner, you know? As opposed to, yeah, just waiting to hear from, hear from me because I'm waiting to hear from the next generation as well. So we're all waiting and there's no like action happening, happening, happening. If families are fractured, that has an impact on a young person. If a father and a mother get divorced, that has an impact on our young people. And I think the only way they know how to make people sit up and say, listen, there's a real problem going on here, is by violence. To listen to all three episodes, head over to theguardian.com forward slash podcasts. Or subscribe by searching Beyond the Blade on your favourite podcast app.
Welcome back to Small Changes. I'm Lucy Lamble. Before the break, we met Omar Mohammed, a historian from Mosul, who in late 2017 decided to tell the world that he was in fact Mosul I, the anonymous blogger who, while living under the rule of ISIS terror, documented everything that was happening in his city. When I was in Mosul, I usually witnessed things I, I publish about. For any listeners out there who picked up that Omar sounds different, Omar was called out for an emergency during our first conversation. And when we talked to him on the second occasion, he was in a different room. I used to go with my mother to the markets and I used to be a taxi driver so I can get information easily. Without knowing who exactly was behind Mosul Eye, the blog received a lot of threats from ISIS. They, they threatened me many times. I just remember receiving like emails from them or Facebook messages. What I wanted to do from the beginning when I receive a threat is that the first thing I read this threat because when I know like, well, what they are doing is they are reading the blog and they are collecting information from the blog and they are building up a threat. So I say it's not correct. There is no danger. But one day they sent a threat. It wasn't about the information they have in the threat, but about what they said. They said, like, they would kill me in a way that is not known to the people yet. At one point, the pressure became so much that Omar suffered a personal crisis. He cut off his hair, dressed as he wished to, and smoked by the river all acts that would provoke ISIS. I, I felt free from everything, free from the responsibility, to be honest, free from the fear. I am ready. They can't come to kill me now. But then when they didn't come, when nothing happened, as if I was given a new life or as if I was told, Omar, your mission is not done yet. Why you are running away? Your family must have been very worried at this point. They were, especially my mother. She said, what are you doing? What are you going to do? What are you up to? He didn't even tell his mother that he was about to make the dangerous journey through Syria to Turkey, where he was finally able to escape. I even couldn't tell her goodbye because I started thinking of my family because ISIS doesn't only punish the person, they punished the whole family. I would never live with this myself. I would never forgive myself. So I just decided to leave. Omar was eventually able to gain asylum in Europe. But he kept tracking what was happening in Mosul, through to the day it was liberated in July 2017. Leaving Mosul obviously made verifying information that much more difficult. I remember spending like days and nights sitting on my computer trying to follow the events, uh, trying to connect with people from inside Mosul, through my relatives, through my friends. Also, Mosul, I uh, receiving lots of information, trying to verify them. During the battle, uh, my concern was more about uh, the families and their safeties, the people, the civilians. So I kind of like made Mosul I as a platform to help civilians. Information was getting directly to me from security sources on the ground, from civilians themselves. It was so difficult, kind of like impossible to verify everything. So I just take the information that could be verified, put it uh, to the public so they can know what's happening around them. 
during this uh, battle uh, I could identify and geolocate about 15 children uh, who were kidnapped by ISIS and I identified them I still remember I sent the location to the coalition told them please do not bomb this site because we have 15 children in this building it was in the hospital and I am happy that they were rescued because I saw the pictures of these children and one of them I saw him when I was in Mosul I saw him in the orphanage house and I put his picture online and his father contacted me and he said this is my ch my child and he got him he, he is with him now I was curious to know why after all this time, and having been very effective at keeping his identity a secret, he chose to reveal who he was to the public. I had to, I had to reveal my identity. People started like saying, ah, oh, Mosul Eye is a CIA operation, Mosul Eye is fake, Mosul Eye is not real. I thought, okay, Mosul Eye is real. This is me, I am Omar, I am from the city. Omar takes solace in knowing that Mosulai was able to make a significant impact on the people he'd wanted to help most. Mosulai has been not only a source of information, but also a social factor in the city. And after the battle, Mosulai played another role, which is trying to rebuild the civil society of the city, trying to support the people who stayed in the city, trying to give them a voice, because they were voiceless. I will keep doing this. I will continue to support the city. Special thanks to Omar Mohammed for joining me this week. There will be a link to the Mosulai blog on this week's episode description on the Guardian website. If you have any questions or suggestions for future shows, you can send me an email at podcast@theguardian.com. This episode of Small Changes was produced by Danielle Stevens and Lily Ames. I'm Lucy Lamble. Thanks for listening. great podcasts from The Guardian. Just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.